Forgotten Flicks, episode 112, Jim Cotta, 1985. I would like to heartily welcome you all to my country and wish you great success in the game tomorrow. You are all men of courage and skill. You've already shown that by surviving the difficult journey into this country. Yakmala! Your Excellency, my father, Colonel Cabot, he came here to play the game. What happened to him? Your father was a superb competitor. He would have belonged at this table of champions tonight. But he was not victorious. Let us all wish his son good fortune. Hello, and welcome to Forgotten Flicks, the podcast where we watch and remember the movies you grew up with, so that especially in some cases, like I'm not saying tonight, but just hypothetically, I say tonight, you don't have to. <laughs> I am Joel, and I'm joined, as always, by that Jim Cotta ass kicker himself, <laughs> Jason. Hey. Let it not be said that we don't have an absolute respect for the martial arts that is gymnastics at the bare minimum. Really, I think that's fair. And I also want to extend to you, my friend, (laughs) Yakov Smirnov. No. Uh, Rachmaninov. No. It's it's a very, that that language. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I got I got schmuckers in my genit gesoink. Hold on. Yes. I I do I do love we will get I'm sure really in depth in all this, but but the the king and his enunciation. (laughs) Yeah, don't spoil it. (laughs) Nay his Mel Brooksian mystique. (laughs) Yeah, don't spoil it. Okay. Uh, we've got a special tonight. Oh, we've got a, it's a special one. Yeah, we've got a special. special. We've, um, uh, Jill and I have been trying to mix it up and cover some films. Film? This was on a film, right? This wasn't just... Uh, this know, was beef. actually, I believe, was shot on celluloid. <laughs> All right. At 24 um, frames a second <laughs> through a motion picture camera. So by uh, a technical one. definition, that's what it was, yeah. So one camera. Um, we've been trying to cover films that are even more forgotten as we mix them up with uh, movies that are uh, more well known. So well, I would say I would say, you know, the vast majority of the ones we, we've covered are pretty much forgotten completely. They're, they're next to impossible to find. I mean, I'm talking about like, you know, the Grillmans <laughs> of the world, and the diehards, as we've said. Before. Yeah, diehards. Yeah. 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 Um, hey, to be fair, we have yet to cover Ghostbusters. So just leaving that out there uh, and back to the future. So it's <laughs> probably. <laughs> to be on the doctor for this year but, sure, um, that's, but yeah <laughs> so but we are trying to mix it up with what we would consider sort of the middle of the road forgotten films so the things that were popular at the time but have fallen off radar and are not part of the pop culture vernacular now uh but most of us who were alive during that time or, or watched them as kids uh remember them 
We also try and mix in some movies that are damn near completely unknowable or very, very forgotten. Or due to PTSD uh, after watching them. <laughs> right. The body's now natural defensive out. mechanism, your brain, it actually will block them out. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so hence uh, our coverage of like Miami Connection uh, and then uh, Tonight, uh, Jim Cotta, which is, I guess, a an odd mix of gymnastics and kata. I don't, I don't even know what the kata. Well, uh, a kata. Uh, I actually, let me help you with this one. Okay. The kata, I believe, mm-hmm. is a martial art that began as a mix of karate and kat meditation, where they would actually get an army kat and they would meditate right. on it before right. they did their karate. And so right. it would be like, you know, uh, you, you were sitting there, you're meditating on the cot, right? It's not very comfortable. So you got to really be, you know, Zen about it. You're right. really, you're really just meditative. You're, you're mindful. It's all great. It's hard to balance. It's it really is. It really is. And then you, at some point you have to jump way. up and when you do you go, Kata! and that's ah. just, that just became a thing that they did. And then it just carried over. And then you got this other guy named Jim who just happened also to be a gymnast, by the way. Interesting, right, right, interesting right. Uh, trivia. Bit. And, and he, he uh, uh, happened to like stone pommel horses because that's. Well, really- is there really any other kind? I mean, the only thing that makes a stone pommel horse better is if you could maybe cover it, say, with a, a very uh, like a harsh sandpaper or mm-hmm. some type of corrosive caustic ooh, chemical. Ooh. Then wow. it's then it's really even better. Although I don't know. There's, no, there's something to be said for a really good cold stone pommel horse. <laughs> but yeah, so some guy named Jim was a gymnast and he liked to jump out of that car. Like, kata! And so they'd be like, hey, Jim, kata! See, we'd like startle him when they said his name. So it's like, wow. hey, Jim, kata! So Jim, kata, then just caught on. Wow. So this really is a is a history film. It really is. I've, I learned a lot. Right. I, I learned a lot about Cold War, uh, sociopolitical, uh, just sort huh? of the, the clashes between the East and the West. I yep. learned a lot about geography. Yeah, as did I. I as mean, I, I learned that Ugly Stan is an actual place. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so fascinating that this, this should also come during. Are we 19- being glib? Are we being glib? I've heard that word a lot lately. Is, are we being glib? We're trying not to. Okay. Um, this actually comes out during uh, the greatest year in uh, uh, film history. Within our lifetimes, wow. 1985. Wow. 1985. Okay. So you were born. Oh, you this, wait, 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 hold on. Did you say within our lifetimes, dude? I would say. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me just correct one thing here. Most <laughs> people, anybody, anybody would argue that 1939 was the golden year. So you said within your <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not quite. I'm. I. I'm not that old. Okay. <clears throat> no. But this came out in 1985. So a at least. At the very least, a high point in 80s film. And I love that this is the movie you're making that point with. Fascinating way to build your argument. Continue, my friend. Be on my list of. uh, Oh, I hope I hope it is. It came out in 1985 (laughs) because that'll be the quickest cinematic chess game to end. (laughs) I just want to start off. Let's just start with Jim Cotton. Oh, we're done. You lose. (laughs) Oh, so here's why. Here's how I'd like to start this. You actually have the trailer. Mm-hmm. Okay, how long is the trailer that you have? Uh, hold that thought. It's me. 118 or, th- or so. 
okay, not bad. Would you like to? Would you like uh, to go? Oh, was, oh, was that a, Was that it? Was that a segue? I was drinking my super big gulp diet Pepsi, so I was. <laughs> I was. I was otherwise preoccupied. Occupado. Kata! His name, Kurt Thomas. His title, three-time world gymnastics champion. His assignment, a secret mission for the United States government. His only weapon, himself. And that's all he needs. Combine the discipline, the timing, and the power of gymnastics with the explosive force of karate. And a new, all-powerful martial art is born. Jim Kata. Kurt Thomas becomes Jonathan Cabot. He must penetrate a mountain fortress to compete in an ancient savage ritual. They call it the game. But nobody wins. And nobody lives. Until now. When gymnastics and karate are fused, the combustion becomes an explosion. And a new kind of martial arts superhero is born. Jim Kata. The following segment of Forgotten Flicks will contain information so pertinent to the film that, if you have not yet seen it, may ruin your viewing experience. So if you plan to see this film, please consider resuming the episode only after you've viewed the film, which you can find at your local video rental store. We now return you to Forgotten Flicks, already in progress. <laughs> that trailer... When... when... When combustion becomes explosion. He penetrates a mountain. <laughs> and it sounds something like. <sighs> this. <laughs> that was it. That's called a teaser, kids. Yes, it, it it, for those of us in the biz. We'll get to that. In the podcasting <laughs> biz. We, we know that as a teaser. It is. Mm. Uh, so fantastic trailer. It uh, really is, because I mean, I, I actually imagine that trailer was word for word the pitch that the producers <laughs> yes. presented to the investors. <laughs> and and they may have even brought in that guy. I don't know if that was Don LaFontaine, but they may have brought in whoever that guy was. Just to pitch it. Just to pitch it. Exactly that verbatim. And then like while they were there, like, hey, we need to record this, man. This is the trailer. Oh, good point. <laughs> So would you like to, I don't know, serve up the synopsis? <laughs> yes. So beware. Beware. There are spoilers involved in yes. this. So if you Spo haven't that, seen Well, thanks to JV, they've yeah. been warmed. I heard somebody recently make, a, make an observation. They didn't understand the necessity of even bothering with spoiler <laughs> alerts when you're talking about 20, 30 plus year old movies. I understand. Who said that? Uh, it, it, was on a, it was on another podcast. I'm, okay. not, I'm not going to name names, right. but and I, fine, I, fine. I, I, and I, I mean, I think they're entitled to their opinion. A I, movie podcast. Yes. Oh, okay. The argument, right. the argument being, well, yep. especially for more popular fair, people have seen it most likely, but I, I, I don't know. I err on the side of, and I know it's hard to believe the movie like Jim Kata, 
that somebody may not have seen it or that somebody would even give a crap about whether they're spoiled or not from having seen it uh, if we were to spoil it for them. I don't even know if that made sense. And <laughs> but I, I guess what it is, is just sort of like a polite, hey, heads up. It takes you know 20 seconds just to let you know we will, in fact, spoil the crap out of this thing. So if you are the kind of person that really, really, really pisses off, even if the movie's 20 years old. I think it is our, uh, not necessarily moral responsibility, but certainly duty, duty. Yeah. To just give you a heads up. Yeah. No, I recognize that. And you know, I, I would, I would say we've always included it for a couple of reasons. One, uh, there are lots of movies from 20, 30 years ago that people today haven't seen. Um, we, hence hence the title of this podcast. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But we've covered movies that we haven't seen. So, I don't think there are a lot of people that pause the show and say, oh, my God, I don't want to know what's going to happen coming up. But just as a courtesy to say, hey, I've always wanted to see this movie. I don't want it to ruin the experience for me. This is a good chance for me to go out and see it now. So let me watch it. Let me come back to it. So I'm not a huge I mean, spoilers are not a big deal for me. You and I have talked about this. Yeah, I'm way more. I'm way more OCD about spoilers. You're you're much more. I I don't mind hearing some of the things that are happening. You pretty much let me spoil all of Walking Dead. Although in a weird, really, really twisted. I don't know if it's complete hypocrisy, but as much as I hate being spoiled, I love being around people who don't give a crap because then I can like just run up diary at the mouth about something. (laughs) You are the peanut butter. To my jelly. <laughs> because <laughs> that's exactly how we started this whole thing with Lost. Yeah. Uh, like four or five years ago, because I had only watched the first like two oh, seasons. Oh, that's right. And I'd be like, and I'd be like, are you sure you want to know? Are you sure? Are yes. You, are you sure, and, dude? Are you sure? We're so uh, worried about spoiling it for me. I'm like, no, tell me, tell me, tell me. But it didn't ruin the viewing experience. And and uh, I think I told you about, I, I actually read this article where a psychologist did a study on people who uh, – they had someone read a story and then they had a certain number of them that they actually asked if they wanted to know the ending and a certain amount that they didn't. And they found that there was actually more satisfaction in those who were spoiled, who were told what the end was. than there were people who were like, no, don't tell me I want to discover it for myself. Well, so- and I could see that uh, back to the lost example because I wasn't spoiled on the ending. I wasn't satisfied either. <laughs> there was no, there was no. If somebody had said, oh, by the way, lost spoiler alert coming at you. That yeah. show is not 20 years old. So this counts. <laughs> so on top uh, of that. Uh, no, I, I just want to throw out. If somebody had said to me, it ends <laughs> like an episode and not even a good episode, but an episode of Highway to Heaven. I <laughs> probably would have been like, huh? Yeah. And, and been like, I would have got all the annoyed anger, frustration, oh. geek rage out of the way. And then I would have gone into it and been like, oh, okay. Wasn't that bad. Yeah. And even to, you know, you and I have talked about movies that what are the expectations set for the movie before you see it? So there are a lot of movies that we've talked about, new movies that we want to go see, but we don't want to see anything about them. No reviews, no commentary, no sense, because we went into them neutral and form our own judgment. Because in this age of social media where the reviews come out literally as soon as the movie is even talked about before it's finished filming, there are there's commentary about it. Uh, but for some of these older films, there's a cool twist or there's something really neat that happens or something different that we don't want to ruin uh, before you get to see it from beginning to end. Uh, so all of that being said, uh, this is not one of them. 
I kind of wish this movie had been spoiled. I know. And, and it had been spoiled along these lines. Um, don't waste your time. No, no. No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, well, Shut it. We'll get into that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no. but, I, but I would also add the caveat, too, that for anyone that dismisses the concept of issuing spoiler alerts for movies such as this, yeah. Well, you won't be the person that has to get the tweets or the email from the person going, hey, man. <laughs> right. A little warning before you guys rip in and tell us all about the freaking movie that I haven't seen yet. Yeah, this is literally for the one person that potentially this could ruin it for. And I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, me too. I don't mind giving the spoiler alert for the one person. Uh, if, we this just, if we just save one life, Jay. Yeah, it is. It just really one. is. One cinematic life. Yeah. One. <laughs> Keep one person so, pure for Jim Kata. So anyway, that having been said, uh, you have been warned. You have. By the way, been, this was actually the synopsis of the movie. Wait, no, I'm going to read it. <laughs> oh, 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 I thought, that, I, thought that, I thought that was it. I thought we just. I was trying to no, uh, I was going to I was going to try and explain it. And uh, 18 minutes I, in have yet to hit the synopsis of the damn thing. <laughs> not that this is avoidance. No, not at all. This is there's no long, avoidance. long list of notes. You oh, I bet you do. OK. All right, so you ready? I'm ready. Uh, Jonathan Cabot is a champion gymnast. We got that in the trailer. Yes. In the tiny yet savage country of Parmesan. No, wait. Parm Parmes Parmistan. Parm right? I thought it was ugly stan. Parmistan. Got it. There is a perfect spot for a quote Star Wars site. For the US to get this site, they must compete in the brutal game the government calls on cabot the son of a former operative to win the game cabot must combine his gymnastic skills of the west with fighting secrets of the east and form gymkata <laughs> nice well put well put and you should have perhaps added this one one extra note Playing the the oh so creatively titled the game. Yes. 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 A game. And it, was the game Uno? Yes, it was. It was. So <laughs> Battleship. <laughs> Stratego. Was it stra was it Stratego? I never played that. Stratego. Was Street go. Street Go? Stratego. Stratego. There's somebody out there right now going, No, you moron. <laughs> <laughs> that is a strategy game. It takes wits and cunning. <laughs> so Risk. Did you ever play Risk? Oh my God. Don't even get me started. I, is, I I had no interest. I'm obsessed with that game. Really? I used to, I used to be. I probably as an adult might be. I don't know. I probably like sipping the No, as as a middle schooler, I actually remember uh having my Avoidance. geography textbook open and on the inside cover of both the um uh, front and back cover, they had a map of the United States, right? And it had North, it had, um, it was all North America, Canada, and it had Mexico. So I remember actually drawing pencil lines. Ooh, you defaced school property. Did. And coloring in the part of the country I was going to take over. <laughs> I was a complete megalomaniac. I was thinking, all right, I don't really need California. I will. Oh, who really does? Uh, I'll put They're in the bankrupt. Great Lakes. Cause, uh, so I had <laughs> an actual way. pencil drawing. Of nice. uh, the countries I was going to. So take basically, over. you were going to be Lex Luthor in the original Superman, and yes. and turn yes. it into I just smashed 
Cal- uh, California into yeah. the ocean because I was going to rule the world or at least big parts of it. Yes. And, uh, and have all you're that. lucky I'm not your dictator now. So you're welcome. Yeah. Oh. You're, you're welcome that he found uh, more important things to do like this podcast. <laughs> right. Or I just uh, suffer from uh, procrastination. So. Yeah. <clears throat> well, there is that. So Jason, where do we even begin with Jim Cotta? Okay. Here's where I begin. Are you ready? This movie starts with a gymnastics routine. Now, I'm the Lots first of one. Lots of close-ups of crotch shots, too. Yeah, I'm, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, so I'm the first one to say, I love the Olympic Games. I love the Summer Olympics, especially. I love gymnastics. I love uh, 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 track and field. I love the, the team sports games. Uh, I especially love basketball once they started letting us cheat. I mean, uh, put in our professionals, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. Who's the best? <laughs> the guys with the really huge yeah, professional basketball right. players where um, yeah yeah so i i actually really enjoy gymnastics i like men's and women's gymnastics uh i i, I like watching them when they come on and i even have very fond memories of, as a kid uh with my family sitting and watching the the olympics as they came on so this movie starts with that and i'm like all right i i got that he's very talented he does a lot of gymnastics and then it kind of transitions to He's walking off the the mat, right? Walking down and kind of through the tunnel Mm -hmm. between the bleachers out to the athlete's area. And some girl, one girl is like, I want to say hi to him. And some random guy in a suit gives her the face palm. No. And then turns around and follows uh, uh, Jonathan. He has uh, montages to do. Right. (laughs) Uh, Into um, the athlete's area. And then it just goes downhill from there. Like that's <laughs> that's right after the credits. And and then they kind of go into this. Wait, did I miss like 20 minutes of the movie? Dude, because I, I wanted to get to that. They I have <laughs> never seen a movie so just unbelievably overzealous to get to the training montage. <laughs> it's literally like you almost imagine the director and the producer hey, off camera going, come on, come on, is it now? Is it now? Come on, come on, wait, is okay, it I'm now? I'm going to take a stab. Wait, I'm going to say seven minutes. I actually think seven it was minutes. Yeah. Cause I think by minute 13 or 15, somewhere in there when I was cutting out audio, I want to say it was around 15 minutes in by that point, he's already gone through his training montage and we're talking about, we're not talking about like a two second train. We're talking about this thing is no, it's long. It's substantial. It it's like long. literally the first 15 minutes of the movie is the training montage. <laughs> it is. It is. They don't, they, the, 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 you know, the setup of his character where he goes to the special place a special house like a safe house i guess in the woods and somewhat (laughs) is introduced to the men who are going to train him but doesn't really it's like he's introduced via a third party who's also telling about the star wars and parmesan stan and the princess and by the way (laughs) the princess who looks like she's from the philippines but yet apparently her father uh is mel brooks and the people i i really am so this movie i don't i i here's the thing (laughs) We did Miami Connection, right? And we gushed over Miami Connection because it's a quote unquote, so bad it's good movie. Here's the, here's the difference for those out there. Like, why could you like one Miami Connection? So bad. It's good. Jim Cotta is just so bad. Oh no. I I know you, you really found this good. No, this is a so bad it's good. This I could. Is, oh my god, dude! This I, is exactly the same. But I liked no. Miami Connection. I did not. 
You didn't like this? Oh, not even a little bit. Oh my God. I hated this movie so much. Oh my. <laughs> no, I'm not even going to hold back to the end. I hated this movie. No. I'm thinking as I got about halfway through this movie, I'm thinking, I have you to. You know what find I did halfway through? You know what I did halfway through? I was so, I was so unbelievably bored. That's what I did. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. To, 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 to the dogs. No, I'm thinking halfway through this movie, I'm thinking. I've got to find a place to buy this movie. I've oh, got really? to find it. <laughs> oh, my God. See, like, No Retreat, No Surrender. So bad, it's good. Any movie no, that no. has the the thrust reverse push-ups with best friends sitting on your crotch while licking uh, seductively a fudge sickle, that is a great movie. I, you know what it is? I never laughed. I never laughed. you got to watch it again. Cause I need to. I, I, I was awake. Uh, Scout's no, Honor. Scout's Honor. I stayed awake the whole thing. I did stay away through the whole. It just it never like it's hard to. It was only you know what my reaction to this was. It was very similar to like Ernest Saves Christmas, and the difference was Ernest Saves Christmas. I watched it with my kids, so at least it was kind of like oh yeah, they seem to enjoy part of it. Although yeah. even with that one, they were kind of like, uh-huh. yeah, uh, and the kids were like what but, the but, hell? Yeah, but it was just uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just too many points where I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> there were so many parts that were just. The ridiculous cheese factor. Oh, I you mean, know, the, the cheese was off the charts. Yes, it is. And that, I mean, that's what made it endearing to me. And it's, it wasn't the fact that I thought this was a brilliantly made movie. I think this is a low production, uh, um, weird writing. I mean, even the screenplay, just that it may have been a great, I don't know. Was it a book before? Yeah, that, it actually says it's based on a, I so badly want to find this book. I would I never be able to get through it, but I would just like to find it. No, I want to find it. I want to flip to like it- page 200 and read five pages. If at that point I can't read five pages, I'll give up on it all. But yeah. um, but it may have been a great book. The concept, the idea, which we've seen a lot of this before. It's the idea of uh, uh, some very skilled individual fighting against the odds to compete in this life or death uh, game or life or death competition uh, to Get some great, but prize. you know what? At Not- least, at least, let me just say this: at least with Miami Connection, it, it really was more about the heart, and it came down to what were they really doing it for? They were doing it for things like this, Jay. You know, <laughs> or it, friendship. He wanted the letter. Friendship. It was, it was about, about it was about friendship, which about friendship. I, I already deleted. Wait, well, it was about my father. I found my father. <laughs> oh my god! See, there was never that kind of moment <laughs> with Jim Cotta. <laughs> And Jim Cotta also oh. lacked, lacked things like, damn it, why is it playing? Oh, I deleted it. Dang it. Oh, I was going to play I, Against the Ninja. It's not oh, online. Okay. <laughs> I'm the song. No, but. Wait, hold but, on. Okay. No, but it did have this. Are these bums your friends? There's just some misunderstanding. You don't understand. I'm her brother. When I tell you to leave her alone, leave her alone. Whatever you say. Just remember what I said if you don't want to get hurt. You don't scare me at all. Jane, I want to talk at to you all. later. Goodbye. I mean, <laughs> you can't beat that. Okay, I'm not. Okay, <laughs> I agree. That is way better. <laughs> that is that is one of the best movies we've ever covered. <laughs> but this just had, okay, so I was trying to think back. You and I added this to the list because I actually remember watching this movie not long after it came out. I didn't go to the theater when it came out, so it's probably an HBO mega watch where I watched it a bunch of times, but this was during the time when I remember it was sort of the idea of how do you meld different 
talents together or the kid that had the amazing talent that was not just a regular martial art. So, and it was also the height of the ninja craze. It was, it was, it was, this was really when you got a lot of mainstream martial arts movies that came out and ninjas and everything. I even, let's see, 1987, I think I dressed as a ninja for Halloween. It was 87, I think. Did you, 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 you dressed as a ninja to work. Well, I'm talking about the first time. Oh, okay. okay. Well, then, nah, yeah, sorry. sorry <laughs> but, but I mean, like you, you talk about, what was it? The, um, what was the one, the wizard? The one where he had it was about the Nintendo. Yes, uh, Fred that, Savage. Yeah, yeah, with Fred Savage. And mm -hmm. yeah, so it was it was that same time of you were just looking for some new theme to tell the exact damn same story. So, so it was, it's almost it's almost as if it was just a crass uh, commercial play uh, to churn out I don't know redundant formulaic <laughs> movies, which thank <laughs> God. Hollywood's past oh, that. <laughs> over. Oh, jeez. Oh, Thank God. So much better. I mean, seriously, those, those, you look back at those days, you're like, God, come up with an original idea, guys. Survive what's, that. What's man. next? You're going to just go ahead and remake <laughs> movies that are like barely 10 years old? <laughs> God, Fred Norton. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> I never want to live in California. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why all the California hate, Jay? Why? I know. Is that it's California's fault? California just sitting there. All of it. And then Sacramento some jackasses good. came in and said, we're going to start an industry and uh, create dreams oh, just to destroy them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's true. I'll just give it to LA. The you rest guys of are so cynical about movies. Why do you even watch them? <laughs> we're not cynical about movies. Like we love movies. That's why we care. If we didn't care. We wouldn't all. say anything. At all. Yeah, at all. <laughs> so... So here's here's where I want to start with this movie because we start? actually want to talk well, about Well, that's the movie. good because we're 30 minutes in. <laughs> 30 minutes in. I want to talk about this movie. So I made I actually made a ton of notes. Well, I hope that, I hope I can use some of my audio cues for your notes. So continue. <laughs> Thank you. So the very first thing is um they uh, we already talked about they have this gymnastics competition the, uh, uh Jonathan walks off. They've got this weird scene where this nondescript agent type government type guy uh, says that we need you to train uh, to to go into this country of Parmistan. And they say, at least in this setup, uh, he says, yes, I, I know where that is. That's uh, a tiny mountain nation in the middle of the Hindu Kush range. Is that for real? Or did he make that yes. up? The Hindu Kush range is not. Uh, it is real. It is real. Uh, it is sort of in the Afghanistan area. It's uh, Southeast Asia, uh, mid East, um, in that area, Afghanistan, Would they have Pakistan. <laughs> right. So it is a real mountain range. It does not, however, have red hatted ninjas that look like they came out of a Devo video. Well, and more to the point, ninjas, correct me if I'm wrong, fairly, fairly Japanese assassins. Aren't they supposed to be Japanese? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, not so much uh, desert mountain Afghanistan esque. Uh, no. no. And, no. Uh, and, and again, I go back to, I know there are, and I, I mean, okay. Public American public school education. Forgive me. Uh, the, the, were there, the, the were there a lot of Kings in 1985 in that part of the world? Uh, well, to be fair, uh, King Jordan, Afghanistan, uh, is hey, King, King Hussein of Jordan. I remember that there's a king. Yep. And 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 Afghanistan. So I'm going with 1985 here because yeah. this is not long after the um 
Russian invasion yeah, yeah, of the Soviet, yeah, yeah. Very stone, uh, very stone age, uh, uh, um, not with the West, not high technology. It does have a lot of, um, it does kind of have that feudal. Lots feel. of poppy. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's not totally far fetched to think that they had set this sort of in a weird Afghanistan esque uh, uh, location. No, what's because weird. That well, what's, so what's what's weird is having Mel Brooks as your king. Oh, so see, you're gonna ruin it for oh, okay, me. I'm sorry. I was I'm just sorry. gonna say uh, it's my favorite movie starring Mel Brooks, uh, a gymnastic Mark Hamill, and Fabio with a British accent. Or, or, or you you also liked my take on Fabio. He could also be a very very buff and roided out Kenny Loggins. <laughs> right. yes, hold, hold on, hold yes. on. Uh, you mean wait? Hold on. Here we go. So here here's the here's the the actual Zamir. king from the movie. What's Zamir. Z- Zamir is the king? No, no, no. Zamir is the, the thug. Got it. Uh, and then the king, I don't remember his name. Okay, so. here, but here's what he sounds like in the movie. If you'll excuse me now, gentlemen, I must go play king for my people. It's good to be the king. It's good <laughs> to be the king. Oh, that last one actually was Mo Brooks. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of my observations is when they finally get to the king of uh, Parmesan, Stan, um, <laughs> He's like what Mel Brooks? Yeah, I, I, all I heard, all I heard the whole time was "Oi, it's got the beta king." Did you ever see? So his, did you ever see History of the World? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah the, the, so, I, I forgot about that scene where he oh. runs, where he walks up to the little courtesan or whatever. And your cleavage is popping out. And he just shoves his face right in her between her. <laughs> it's good to be the king. So he is called the Khan, right? That's the king's name. Is they call him the Khan, um, and so the in. The very setup of the movie, they say that this Parmistan, the small country in the Hindu Kush mountains, uh, anyone – and listen, this is very important. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, but very important. Anyone who enters the country must play, quote, the game. If they win the game, they get to make any request of the king ever, and he must grant it. All right. Mm. So that's the setup. And oh, by the way, no outsider has won the game in nine hundred years. Yes, I believe it was. And you know what I would say, Jason, if I walked into Parmesan Ugly Stand <laughs> and had to play the game, I would just look yes. at everybody and say, Hey, don't hate the player. Hate the game. <laughs> And then I would just drop the mic and I'd walk off. And, walk <laughs> and then I'd run really, really and scream like a girl. Because then you'd have to play the A game. little girl, not a girl, woman, girl. So, yeah, so the I'm, idea uh, is that this little country has this death, uh, I, would, I would call it a death obstacle course, maybe. Mm, mm, yes. Um, it looked like fun to me. It, it did. And you have to survive it. And uh, so here are a couple of the problems I have with that setup. 900 years and no one has... From the outside has won that game. Well, his means, father came close, apparently. Uh, came close, but how would anybody know about the game if for 900 hmm. years no one from the outside survived playing it to tell about it? Interesting, interesting plot point. Hole. Interesting plot hole. Oh, wait, so, the internet. <laughs> oh, maybe. The, yeah, That'll surviving be. the game in Parmistan.com. Right. Actually, it's dot net for the longest time. They finally got the dot com came free. They got it. They did a uh, they did a, a redirect and they redirected it to uh, so, the dot com now. So if you go to surviving the game in 
Parmistan. <laughs> I'm not spelling that for you, by the way. No. Uh, and and so the best one of the best parts is when Jonathan actually makes it into the country. They kind of sneak in. And I, I ought to in. buy that domain up and actually put something. <laughs> you, ought to, you ought to connect it to this episode. That would be hilarious. I so won't, but I ought to. <laughs> so Jonathan has to be trained, right? So the whole idea is he has to be trained by the East and the West. Yeah. So the East, so, I don't so even know what that means. Is, uh, of course, the generic, nondescript, quote unquote, Asian guy trying to teach him uh, how to do some kind. Because at this point, we don't know if he's actually some agent for the government or if he's just a gymnastics expert. It really seems like they randomly scoped him out at some kind of gymnastics event and said, yep, there's our guy. Him. And so they said that in the part that you played in the beginning of the episode where it says you'd be trained by the East and West. So you've got some nondescript Asian guy teaching him some kind of formal martial arts and some just thuggish, big muscled, uh, he had a mullet, didn't he? looking. Didn't he, do you have a mullet? <laughs> trying to teach him to be, I guess, what's the West? Like ghetto fighting? I mean, what's it like? Uh, you got to learn to fight dirty. Gotta, is that what hey, West you is? You got to scrap a lick. Hey, right. I, 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 w- I, w- I will say, I will say in, in the movie's defense, now they think about it, they probably picked him because his father went to play the game, never returned. Of course, back to your original point, how would anybody know any right, of uh, that? But let's just give them the benefit of the doubt and say somehow they knew. I'm that, assuming that's why they chose him because it just stands to reason that if his father couldn't do it. Oh, then his son probably can. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so he trains with these two where they make him, of course, do the montage we talked about. He, he does these, very difficult kind of, oh, hands oh and, those, and, and those were impressive, bars, dude. Oh my God, monkey bars of death. No, yeah. no, no. I was actually thinking when he had to walk on his hands up the stairs, that was pretty impressive. Oh, that was great. That was, that was the best 10 minutes of crotch shot I've ever seen in a yeah, movie. Yeah, he was wearing like those very typical mid 80s gym shorts that you had to wear where they had tight, like the, tight, yeah, yeah, tight yeah, yeah. And, and like kept when, showing it from the angle of above the steps. Yeah, so like if they just, if it just flopped steps, over a little bit more, you totally like, oh. would catch like half a nut. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wait, he fell. We got to go through this all again. All right. Give it again. <laughs> I was oh. I was impressed by the fact that I think I'm pretty sure that was the actual guy doing it. And that would yeah, take- yeah. It, it did look like him. It didn't look like a cutaway or a stuntman or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So that was good. <laughs> that part was awesome. All right. So he made it up two flights of steps on his hands, walking on his hands, uh, which was good. But and by the way, when I said you saw half a nut, I actually meant he had like some walnuts in his pocket. Uh, could be, mm-hmm. uh, and a really big cucumber stuffed down the front. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't study it that close, but if you say so, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so of course, then they sneak into Parmistan and, uh, uh, he and, oh, I forgot to mention the mystery princess. Oh, the mystery princess. Yes. Which, uh, that, that's one of my favorite little notes here I made is that, okay, when he's training with these two masters. And uh, the government guy introduces this princess. She doesn't speak. Yeah. And she's trying to kill him, presumably as a way to test him, because she just kind of does things like throw a knife by his head. She's basically and- his Cato. Yeah. 
if, if <laughs> right. you refer back to uh, the Pink Panther movies and yes. Inspector Clouseau. Yes. Yes. Uh, so she she tries to keep him on his toes, uh, and then he has affections for her. She still doesn't speak. He comes on to her. She still doesn't speak. They make it. Uh, You've left out the most important point. Uglies. They, she still doesn't speak. It's not until much later that she actually says her first words and he really just doesn't react. Just- I, I, what, what I felt hilarious about that is it's so <laughs> random. They're, they're, they're standing there and the one guy's showing them some type of weapon. She goes, oh, is that okay with a blo-? It was it, wh- I know, it's like that's her first words. That was hers. We know this is the first time this woman has ever spoken in front of this kid. And he doesn't blink. He doesn't blink. But you left out perhaps the most important <laughs> moment between these two. The moment where I think it really just crystallizes their relationship. <laughs> Would you like to give a brief, considering this is an audio podcast and video, we can't show this because I'm going to play a quick clip, but I think yes. you need to set it up properly. Wait. So this is the part where, um, he, <laughs> this is one of the few things I remember from the movie before we watched it. So this is my lone recollection. Actually, aside from there was some kind of ropes course that they went through. I remember that part. There's a part where, because all this time she is watching him train like from a second story window and just kind of watching and either shaking her head because she's upset or Give, she kind giving of, that little, uh, giving that little, that little knowing smile and this yeah, very slight head nod. Smile, like, nod. Yes. He's um, finally getting it. That dumbass right. gringo. And, and remember she hasn't spoken to him at all. No, she, it's not like she's spoken a foreign language or anything. She just has not spoken. And he walks up the steps and he's like, Ah, good morning, princess. How are you? So in many contexts, either in movies or like in your uh, regular life, when you decide that someone's not speaking and you start pantomiming, you're speaking to yourself, how you will speak to the right and then you turn to the left to sort of play the other person's role. I actually remember this where he talks to her. She doesn't speak. So he does this weird like backflip half gainer. It's him on the way and, and he flips. Yeah, over. Just in, 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 he's just standing still and then just suddenly just does this flip. Yeah, like absolutely. Same spot. Back flips, flips over, facing the other way and starts talking as the princess. Then back flip, flips over, starts talking as himself and kind of has this conversation as he backflips so they can showcase his gymnastics. Yes. And, 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 and without, without further ado, here is the <laughs> flip convo. Good morning, princess. Good morning, Jonathan. You're looking handsome as always. Did you sleep well? <laughs> like a log. <laughs> it actually went on for a while after clear, that. Just to be clear, that was not us reenacting that scene. That was actually like a log. We always should do direct it. Audio. <laughs> good, good morning, princess. <laughs> oh, hello, Jason. <laughs> You're looking mighty handsome today. <laughs> <laughs> Did you sleep well? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Did you sleep well? <laughs> like a log. <laughs> so, <clears throat> okay, so next part of the movie is really just the game, which is what takes us into Mel Brooks's part. I mean, the con, where <laughs> they enter the country and... <laughs> and 
they have to participate in this game. Now, presumably they introduce some of these other characters. Uh, I, I, I see what they were trying to do to kind of play this United Colors of Benetton because they had like uh, Gomez. They had this Thor character. He was the white American. So it was a very uh, diverse, nondescript cast. Yeah, they had the the uh, token Asian guy. Well, right? They literally managed to find somebody to represent the vast majority of racial groups. Yet they also managed to find the most nondescript versions of those people <laughs> so right none right. of them really like stood it as a character really no and and so they enter and the con played by a terrible mel brooks uh act alike uh starts to explain the things that they have to do and i'm watching this and i literally wrote down because they talk about uh you have to run from the castle to this one cliff then you have to go across these ropes and you have to go into this uh, uh, crazy city where these insane people are. Then you have to go here and here. So they're explaining it. They got this like map thing. And I, I actually wrote down, you'll run through the swamp. Oi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you have to, I have to go play King to my people. I, I, I really can't get over the fact <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't just that her dad came across as sort of like this, I don't know, Jewish guy from New York. It, it just it right. was so yeah. the whole thing. It was just we like it was just <laughs> distractingly yeah. weird. Like just everything about this movie was just and not for me personally not weird in a good way. More just like a I kind of just had that look on my face like somebody farted and you're like huh? What is that <laughs> so smell? So at the very beginning, I wrote this is the the line that I wrote down and put the most uh, uh, quotes around to try and re remind myself that I want to talk about. It. I said um. Where the hell is this movie supposed to be? Mongolia, medieval Europe, Scandinavia, circa 100 AD. <laughs> because <laughs> in the beginning, they show Zamir, which is a character we haven't talked about yet. That's the Fabio character in my world, or uh, the Kenny Loggins, uh, Roy Kenny Loggins. Yes. Uh, Zamir is this white guy with a British accent and this scruffy beard who has a waxed chest, and he's supposed to be like the king's primary advisor. So when they show him riding around in this leather vest, it sort of looks like he's a Viking. And then it sort of looks like they're in medieval Europe. And then it sort of looks like they're in medieval or, I mean, Mongolia or China somewhere. And I it was I, literally like the filmmakers couldn't make up their mind on <laughs> what culture was being represented. So they're like, we don't really want to piss off any one culture. So, so let's did you piss look them all off. So did you look up where this film was actually, or where this movie was actually was it, filmed? Was it Yugoslavia? Yes. Yeah, I thought it was I saw, I saw it in the credits. Eastern Europe. Yeah. So during during the middle of the Cold War, though, well, the height uh, of yeah, in the mid eighties. Yeah. Well, towards the end of it, because what it ended kind yeah, of yeah, but eighty five was still pretty. Things were still pretty heated. So yeah. Well, get it, Cold War we were heated. Backing off the budgets by then, so <laughs> yeah, but I mean, because the wall came down what eighty yeah. nine. Eighty nine. Yeah, yeah, that's when. But still, uh, I mean, it was still. I mean, hey. Gotcha takes place in 1985, although that was Czechoslovakia, not Yugoslavia, but still. Yeah, yeah. And stuff so, gets pretty yeah. real for Anthony Edwards in that movie. <laughs> it was. So um, So then the, the idea is that they have to embark on this deadly journey, this deadly game, so that Jonathan, at the end, as he risks his life, can ask for Parmistan to host 
a government installation of this early warning radar system. So, yeah, that's totally right. what he would do. Um, so he runs through all of these uh, uh, really weird obstacle course type things. And at one point, uh, they have all these ninjas because they really are ninjas. They all have black suits and, and hooded masks and everything with flags indicating where things are. And they're supposed to be keeping the peace or keeping the rules. And uh, Which they one, really suck at, by the way. Which they, they definitely suck at because it, at a couple points, Jonathan's like, he's breaking the rules. They don't even move. They're just standing there. So uh, all of them are killed except Jonathan and this one character who everybody seems to be waiting on called Thor. Was it Thor or is it like Thorg? I couldn't oh, tell I what they were saying. Down, I just wrote down Thor. See, I thought it was like and, Thorg or Thor because I thought Thor at first too, but I thought they heard like a G at the end. Yeah, all I, all I wrote down was Thor is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wrote down is Thor is an asshole. And then at one point Thor gets shot with an arrow and you think he's dead and then he comes back to another point. He really is just kind of the <laughs> over muscle bound guy. Oh, he was a muscle. He was, he, he was, he was that strongest man in the world. Big, like the guys yeah. who do the, the competition kind of the, where they're huge guys. Like, Every once in a while, one of them's ripped, but the most part, they're just that big bulky. Snowy yeah. kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he, Thor was in it, but anyway, so one of the big obstacles to overcome in this is the, city okay but, but, but before you get to that because i, I yeah. did want to add one thing before you get to your your your, your crazy train town yeah <laughs> literally uh, yeah literally <laughs> oh yeah we want to talk about ugly stan <laughs> oh yeah, yeah well we'll get to ugly stan as well you've heard of have you ever heard of the wilhelm scream the wilhelm scream yes no okay well in within movie lore and i <clears throat> hold on <coughs> sorry there's a frog in my throat sorry <laughs> there the wilhelm scream comes from a i want to say a 19 early 50s late 40s uh western is where i think it was first used okay but this is a literally a sound effect that was recorded it's a of a scream it typically uh is applied to a male who is falling or being you know stabbed or something it is very famous. It's used in Star Wars. It's used in pretty much every major. It's it almost is a joke. Like once you hear it and you realize that's what it is, you'll start to notice it in everything. It's one of those kind of sound effects. So just as a sample, this is the actual Wilhelm scream. Ah! Recognize it? Yeah, it's pretty nondescript. I mean, it's very simple, very generic, yeah. but it's used. That actually, it that is used everywhere. Okay. That actual sound is used everywhere. Ah! Yes. So, so have a stormtrooper get ah, blasted ah. and, and, and fall into, uh, yeah, yeah, they the, just throw that sound in ah. going to going into the Sarlacc pit. Ah. Yeah. Ah, okay. so when was it really, when was it really recorded? I, I, I had it written down and I don't have it in front of me. It was originally, I want to say it was the late forties, early fifties. It's from a Western. Okay. But ever since then it has been used and it's always to the point where it's pretty much kind of like a, I guess a movie geek joke. <laughs> about okay. if you can identify the Wilhelm scream. So point is, <laughs> what, what I'm trying to get to is one thing I noticed about this movie that caught my attention. I, uh, uh, I am a fan, as we've talked about, of not just practical effects, but sound effects. I, I find it very interesting. Uh, you know, like Ben Burt and guys like that when they would create oh, yeah. the sound effects for Star Wars, like the way they came up with the lightsaber, you know, oh, man. When, banging when Disney, on cables. When, 
when Disney opened um, Hollywood Studios originally yeah. in the late 80s, one of the big bits they I had would, there was the whole thing about Foley I, artists. I remember and that. I, thought, I actually remember participating oh, in that. It was so cool. I would I, be a Foley artist in a heartbeat. Yes, yeah. It's, a, it's, yeah, it's very cool stuff. And I, and I love that kind of stuff. So one thing I, I noticed, though, the sound <laughs> effects in this movie are weird. Now, Wait. I don't have a sample of the music. I'll actually give them credit. I actually thought some of the score music was, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. I thought the score music was for what it was, and it was a low-budget movie. It wasn't yeah. bad music. But the the sound effects, they were very, oftentimes just very hollow. They didn't layer them or mix them down very well. So you might have a scene where rather than say you have like an ambient noise, like a, a market in the background, and you have the character running downstairs and right. some yeah, music yeah. playing, and, yep. you would just hear like their footsteps. Yes. And it would just be. It's kind of weird. Like it's so, but there was that. But then there was this other fact that every time, and I don't know if you picked up on this, every time somebody fell in this movie, this is what you'd hear. Ah! And especially (laughs) the body hit. Yes, the end. Which it was. It was kind of a uh, a Looney Tunes uh, fall. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. And, and so it wasn't quite. What, actually, okay, that Wilhelm scream is there. Close, close. But then, but then, it actually reminded me specifically of. Hold on, listen for it. This time I'm gonna kick that football clear to the moon. <laughs> like it oh, really. What the best part of that is. One of the big things they tried to portray in this movie is uh, Jonathan's martial arts, and I'm using quote fingers, when he fights these people. So he does a lot of gymnastics moves. Yes. Which means he does a lot of like fall type moves. Yes. And every time he did those, they played that sound effect. You, you, you heard this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and by the way, that one is still from the Peanuts. <laughs> Charlie That's Brown. Not- Yes, no, the Thanksgiving special. In case you're wondering, and and then the other thing, the other thing I noticed was this music. Listen, to this music. Okay, a little little noise in the background. Okay, okay, so okay, that's the music. Now listen to this. That is the World War One flying ace music. <laughs> And the Jim Cotton music. Am I wrong? Do they not sound? Oh my god! Do they not sound almost identical? <laughs> I'm like, what? so what are they just like? Amazing. Do they just sit around and go, okay, what do you? We need some. I don't know. What do you, what do you watch right there? Oh, uh, the, the the peanuts. Uh, the uh, Halloween special for peanuts. It's a great Save pumpkin. That. We're gonna use great that. pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I love that. Ah, uh, that is awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the first thing I thought of was like, is that the peanuts? That's pretty impressive, my friend. That's pre- I'm usually the sound guy and and that's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. Um so one last one last thing, well, two last things, but they're very connected is that uh so at the end or this uh, the last part of the movie, he's going through the city. So that's where they're supposed to get to this kind of city of the insane. And uh, they set it up where that's where they put the criminally insane inside this walled city. So they climb into it. They have to cross it and get out the other side. Well, first of all, it seems like this entire country pretty much looks like that 
In fact, the good part of the kingdom where they start, <laughs> uh, every person they show in the crowd, like cheering as the Khan is speaking. Here's the note I made. Um, a kingdom full of toothless, one-eyed old people because there are no kids. Question mark, and, question mark, question mark. <laughs> right, because there are no kids. There are no uh, people with both eyes, all teeth. They all look like this inbred, old, uh, a falling apart, dying except people. For, except for Fabio and the princess. They, except Fabio, uh, who looks very Western or uh, Western European, and the princess who well, I guess they did kind of clarify that she's part uh, Indonesian. Yes, I think her mother, even though... Her mother was Indonesian. Yeah, I, yeah. My note is the gene pool is a little too shallow. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, here. that's because, uh, uh, as we discussed, the crazy town... But they all had both eyes and all their teeth. Yeah, but the crazy uh, town is, I'm guessing, where they put their offspring. <laughs> <laughs> that's where the kids go. Yeah. <laughs> but that gets all kinds of weird... And uh, my favorite part, well, there's there's two favorite parts in that entire city. One is they just happen to have a stone pommel horse in the middle of the square. Of course. In which he fights off an entire Common crowd. knowledge, Jason. Good Lord. Can you go to school? Routine. He's doing a pommel horse routine. And for those of you who don't know what a pommel horse is, it's that wide bar looking thing in the gymnastics competitions in the Olympics that have two kind of uh, – half round rings on the middle. Yeah, the handles, the, yeah. Yes, like handles where they do the leg routine and they kind of go back and forth very rhythmically, do all kinds of great gymnastics on. Well, you're making they, me kind of hot, Jason. This, <laughs> this, this village happens to have one made of stone in the middle of it. Yeah, not a well, not a clock, off. not a statue, a no. stone pommel horse. Yes, because the criminally insane like to practice gymnastics in the middle of it. Sure. So that's not my favorite part. My favorite part is... As he fights his way through the city, there is a, what would you say, three and a half minute slow oh, yeah. scene. Easy, easy that long, where yeah. It's sort of the end. He's getting tired, so he's running, and these German shepherds are chasing him, barking, and he goes into this dead-end alley, and he kind of like jumps up the walls. Yeah, he's trying yeah. to climb. And suddenly, and suddenly the alleys, apparently this alley was so narrow, look, he was going up a chimney. It did, because he, he kind of had like a leg on each side, and then he kind of grabs the bars on these windows to try and escape the windows. And he's exasperated. He's so tired. He can't get through. And I'm sitting there watching this. Here's the scenario. I'm watching this movie in my bedroom. My wife's next to me. She's reading a book, not watching the movie at all. I'm watching this and I'm thinking, God, this is going on forever. And he's sitting there struggling to escape. The crazies are underneath him. The dogs are barking. He's trying to get up. And my wife with the book still, her nose still in the book, she says, Oh my God, is that woman having an orgasm? <laughs> um, two points. One, it sounds more like Michael Jackson about to have an orgasm. And two... I something I never noticed before. If you listen very carefully under the the layer there, you can actually yeah. it's almost this is like his breath is like ah like he's got this weird breathing <laughs> pump. Like he's gonna <sighs> in the city. <sighs> 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 but it's it's like just, a rattling in the back of his throat. <laughs> but it's just a really weird side effect of them like slowing the sound and slowing the motion. Yes, I named that sound clip orgasmo, by the way. <laughs> 
So, so of course, that leads to uh, a hand coming down and helping him out of that chimney yes. slash alley. Thank which his father. Thank the gods. Oh my God! His father was there. Has helped. Has been there all along. He's been hiding as a ninja. And oh, oh shit! Oh God, he's dead. <laughs> he's in this movie for like ten freaking seconds. <laughs> yeah. He's there to save him, and then he gets killed. Not and, a plot contrivance. And I thought, what the hell? <laughs> why even? Why even have him in it? Really? Yes. Why even have him in it? I have to be honest with you, my friend. There are so many more things we could talk about. With Sorry, this wait, wait, I got one more, one more thing. When he's in the city, I wrote this note, dude. You don't hit old ladies, even if they are insanely laughing. Because oh, I know, yeah, so he totally, he totally like, slugs her. He's like, he just punches her. I'm like, wait, they're just old, late, old, toothless ladies laughing at you. Yeah, you don't punch them. To be <laughs> to be fair, we don't know what he's been through. And we've got the naked back robe we didn't talk about. And yeah, I know. <laughs> we can never, we can never get to it all. We can never get. To, there's just oh, so much. It's amazing. So yes, anyway. it was. So, so to wrap it up. I don't even know if we're going to continue doing the star ratings or the v, the VHS. I would keep this and pay for it. Okay, maybe. You're giving I, it a five? I'd give it a four. Okay, let's <laughs> keep it past the due date. So you'd be willing to pay the late fee? <sighs> yes. I'm yes. pretty Actually, confident. Actually, I currently want to buy this movie. I now, would say I'm going to give it a two. I'm not going to be do shit because I didn't like hate it, hate it. Like, I didn't like, oh, I can't see this movie. I just, I don't know. I think I was expecting more of a rad slash Miami connection uh, slash no retreat, no surrender experience. And I did not get that. Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't those. It was, it was more, I, I would say it was closer to Miami connection. Um, but it was just, it, so was mo it was close to there. Well, it was even then. That's the other thing. Miami connection was so. <laughs> How can I put this and be nice about it? Was every <laughs> level, every level of, of, of Miami Connection was on the same. This movie, actually, like the way it was shot, wasn't horrible. Like it was, there were things about that were like, okay, I could see there were some people involved that were technically technicians that did their job well. Um, Maybe the camera guy and the sound guy. And <laughs> well, maybe, no, well, we already discussed the sound effects. <laughs> right. but but so, but yeah but, no, I mean, that's what I mean, but there was it was it literally with miami condition was like on every possible level yeah it was it was and there was you could tell there was a whole lot more well i can't even say that i was gonna say you could tell there was more budget put into this but we've already talked about miami connection had a really big budget especially for an kind of independently produced movie in the mid 80s um, yeah yeah but for this you could tell they were trying to make it more of a mainstream movie but it just failed on so many levels. But there was just so much cheese. You know what? I get it. 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 I would have to say it's, there's like, and it's one of the things you, it's, yeah, you know, when you see it, some of these movies hit me in a way, it's like, there's like a heart to them or there's just such a lack of self-awareness that it's almost endearing. Yeah. This movie to me felt more like the douchey producer with the cliche, you know, the cig cigar sitting around a room going, okay, uh, like you said, okay, yeah. gymnastics are popular, ninjas are popular, let's make a movie. And sometimes, that. sometimes that can work. Yes. But it, it almost needs to be like starring somebody like Schwarzenegger and like it's bad, but it's like entertainingly bad. Like it's, it's still well made. This movie just, it, it felt like that, that very crass quality. And as a result, I didn't get that sense of 
heart or the the fun of like a Miami connection where it was like just these people getting together to make a movie. I don't know. It lacked that for me. I think that's what it yeah, was. No, I agree with you. I'll give you that. Absolutely. Is that Miami connection felt like it had actual heart. Yeah. Everybody in it felt like they were trying very hard just to make a great movie. Yeah. Judge, and judge it, it as you will. But the truth is yes, it felt that but way. They yeah. really tried. This did feel like it was it was sort of a movie created just to make revenue from a studio. I mean, you like know, literally they, like, they said, OK, well, what's uh, you got to yeah. have a montage, a training montage. Let's get that yeah. in earlier formulaic it was uh yeah it was built around all of that so um i i i will absolutely agree with that piece i still like the cheesiness of it it wasn't as good uh for the same reasons as miami connection was but it was still one of those that i'm like god this is still on that list of so terrible that i kind of like it it wasn't as good as most of the uh like classic hong kong kung fu movies that i love from the 70s or 80s where uh they they were the sound effects were so loud. It was like the Indiana Jones punch I know, sound. Yeah, those are great. This was just shy of that, but still good enough that I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm going to show somebody. <laughs> yes. Right. So I still want to watch it. So anyway, I, I'd still give it a, I loved it for its cheesy ridiculousness, um, but uh, I would not award it any Academy Awards. I would so. say looking at it from the cheesy ridiculous angle, I would give it a three, meaning I wouldn't, I would keep it for its yeah. duration. I would I, say I me personally, <laughs> me personally, it's a two. Like, I just yeah. don't, yeah. Like I would split the difference. If we, if we ever can get to a place where we allow decimal points, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, this would be like a 2.5. We'll, we'll call it two and noon. Yeah, that's, there you go. So like, like the next day. So I kept it out the, I didn't quite, quite keep it out the full, First thing in the morning. I watched it. Out. I didn't get like angry. I didn't want, especially as a kid. Like I would have, I had no discernment whatsoever. I would have been like, no, that no. was pretty good. I, and I, as I recall, I actually recall loving this movie as a kid. Yeah. Uh, cause I was like 11, 12 when this came out and, uh, I remember loving it and that's why we kind of talked about it. And I'd course, never seen actually before we started doing this podcast, I had never even heard of this movie. Uh, At least that I recalled. And, it was when I was doing research for different movies to do. I came across the poster. I remember thinking, huh, that looks weird. Jim Cotta, <laughs> what, what the hell is that? And then I did some research. I was like, oh yeah, this one we'll have to cover never. And, and, here we are. And here we are. episodes later. There you go. Uh, but, so. yeah, but yeah, I, I, I'm glad we did it. But I think ultimately too, this is the other point to the title of the podcast, which is those movies that you remembered watching as a kid. You love them. You have all these wonderful memories. Uh, yeah, and a little C and D kicks in, and then you see them again. Although in your case, apparently the C and D is still raging. It's still there. <laughs> it's, it's still there. Well, I guess not. You go because you're not deluding yourself that this is actually a good no, movie, no, I know like like the Goonies or something. No. Oh, <laughs> whammy! I got oh. in an argument the other day with somebody at work about that. <laughs> oh. It's like that movie's so overrated. Those kids are obnoxious. <laughs> Shut your mouth. That movie is so <laughs> rich. Oh, I know what. Asian racial stereotype. Check. Kids <laughs> screaming at everything. Check. <laughs> Jason mean. Voorhees doppelganger. Check. <laughs> You're mean. <laughs> oh, uh, good time. All right. So here's the question. Yes. I actually have a pick for this movie. Mm -hmm. And I did what I never do. And you do about half the time. I changed my pick. Nice. I did. So is that a hint? You're ready to do movie picks? I'm ready to do movie to do movie picks. Movie picks. 
I just like I just like doing that. <laughs> I love that one. All right, so we haven't mentioned that this was actually directed by Robert Klaus. So uh, he passed away in 1997 at the age of 68. I didn't look up why, but um, young. He died relatively young, but uh, he has directed a, actually a good number of films. And he was a hardworking kind of laborious director. Nothing that was major except for one film that I actually really, really love. He did a couple that I love, but uh, he directed – Enter the Dragon, 1973, starring Bruce Lee. See, I, I was going to say that. I, I I looked at his stuff and I saw the ones he did. I'm like going, how? But yeah. I, I think the other thing did, this, the other thing this movie suffered from was really lousy editing. Now it might have been because they that's all they had to work with, which is usually where I err on the side of with editors that usually they get what they get and they make the best they can of it. But it, it felt very it chopped up to me. And and I I pull a lot of parallels to he did the Game of Death which was Bruce Lee also. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was kind of where he had to go through these trials, which is a very similar storyline. Yeah. So I can see where they thought, oh, he did Game of Death. Let's just bring him, bring him in to direct this same story, and it'll turn out just as popular. But it didn't. And uh, so he really specialized in martial arts movies. And you can see a couple points where they did a good job of the angles and sort of filming uh, the martial arts pieces like one of the cool parts I, I remember from Jim Cotta is where it had the ninja kind of climbing up on the rope and he pulls his leg up and he kind of flips up to the top and he pulls the bow and arrow and shoots the bow and arrow from the rope. Mm -hmm. That was really kind of cool stunt work. And I can see how they he put that in was it a ninja from, that did that or was it Fabio? No, no, it was a ninja because okay. there was a point at which it, he tells a ninja to follow one of the uh, oh, competitors yeah, yeah, out yeah, on yeah, a rope. Yeah, I remember and that. he kind of like does this cool flip move where he puts his leg over and he while he's still hanging on this rope over, you know, over the ravine, yeah. presumably. But this guy actually did it where he uh, just holding on to the rope pulls a bow and arrow. And so I can see where they put in some cool martial arts scenes. Uh, but it, first of all, it was not Bruce Lee. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, no. And there just wasn't that cool vibe of that classic seventies, uh, martial arts film. So it, it, it had too much of the taint of the eighties. Taint is a good word to describe. <laughs> to play on that. So, so anyway, the actual film that I'm choosing as a, as my pick is game of death, uh, which stars Bruce Lee and is very similar to this in that it has, uh, that he has to go through these different trials and, uh, um, Interestingly enough, they all seem to wear tracksuits just the same as mm, in Jinkata because Jim tracksuits, I guess, are the martial the, uh, arts uh, uniform of, of choice, of death. at least yeah. in movies so, like that. Yes. So 1978 Game of Death, uh, also directed by Robert Klaus. Excellent. Excellent choice. You said it was 78, right? Yeah, 78. Well, <clears throat> my pick was also made late in the game. <laughs> Get it? The game. <laughs> which by the way as as i found out through doing the research here dan uh the book that we referred to earlier was the the terrible game uh. by dan tyler moore obviously brother to mary <laughs> and <laughs> so so that there's that but that's not what i picked okay i, I picked the other writer the screenwriter charles robert carner i believe it is uh -huh. He wrote this movie, but I felt like 
I got to throw the guy a bone because he wrote another movie that we actually liked. We covered long, long ago. And that movie was Blind Fury. Oh, yeah. See, that's another kind of cheesy martial arts. Yeah. But again, even and I also remember it had that whole fun, creepy vibe between the guy and the boy. But it had the the fun, creepy pedophile vibe. Yeah. yeah, You know, it's a fun vibe. And. But it had Rutger Hauer, which immediately makes it oh, awesome, which, yes. even if it's Ontario Quinn. No, yeah, or, or, yeah, which of course, yeah, I'm staring at right now because he's in my he's in my booth with me now <laughs> as the stepfather. <laughs> but yes, he, he the Blind Fury. I don't know what episode was that, like 14 or something. Oh, it was, it was early in the teens, like 13, first, first six months or so. Yeah, yeah. So go back on Forgotten Flicks, and if you just search there's a search box if you just search blind fury you'll find it if you haven't heard that one and we covered it i might again keeping in with the title of our show my my memory is really liking it <laughs> but i can go back and be like <laughs> right. oh my god what was my problem so yes. yeah so he did blind fury which uh, just in case for the the handful of you out there who don't know blind <laughs> fury uh, tells the tale of a blind vietnam vet played by Rucker Hauer, who uh-huh. is trained as a sword fighter he comes to America, helps to rescue the son of a fellow soldier, which that soldier was Terry O'Quinn. Um, also, Meg, uh, was it Meg Foster? Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's the one that was actually tie into, I think, our second episode where we did um, uh, Deep Star 6. And Leviathan. Yeah. And Leviathan. She was in Leviathan, right? Yes. yes. The, yeah. those, those awesome, beautiful. Those blue eyes. Yes. Yeah, ice blue eyes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's got it's a cool movie. It, yeah, Noble Willingham's in. I'm like reading the list now because uh, Brandon Call was the kid. Billy Devereaux right, seems right. like a very '80s name, doesn't it? Devereaux, <laughs> rich '80s kid. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, that is Blind Fury from 1989. It was written by Charles Robert Carner, the same gentleman that what brung you Jim Cotta. So don't hold that against him. <laughs> and that is my pick. Ah, good pick. I actually was surprised. I didn't look up the writers of it, but uh, uh, that's a pretty good one. Um, I, nice. Even with the creepy pedophile vibe, I like that movie. <laughs> so, well, wow. my friend, do you? Uh, I, I believe we could put this one to bed. Man, I have so many more notes. <laughs> oh, I bet you do. <laughs> so uh, yes, <clears throat> I'm ready to put this one to bed. I'm uh, I'm done, but I'm so glad we did it. So uh, special thanks to you for. Uh, allowing us to cover this one, which was my pick because I'm the one that recommended it. But uh, yeah, so now we know who to blame. <laughs> well, I, I, it was, it was actually, it was fun to do. I, like I said, it was definitely not my favorite of the cheese ball ones that we have done, but it it was not, we've done ones that have, you know, pissed me off far more. So <laughs> I feel like we need one like that again, where I just can go into like a bit of geek rage just, you know, cause I know that's entertaining. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Listen, did Joe have an aneurysm over something so stupid? <laughs> so would you like to tell them where they can find us, locate us? Yes. Right. You can find us on ForgottenFlicks.com where you can find uh, reviews of movies that our best friend Peter writes up, or you can find our podcast episodes. You can also find no, us see, on... No, yeah, see, yeah, you messed it up. You should have gone. You can also find us oh, on... You can also find us on Facebook group and we have a Facebook page. Oh, we're also on Twitter. You can follow us there or 
you can email us at forgottenflicks at gmail.com or flicksidekick at gmail.com. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Thanks, Jason and Mickey. <laughs> uh, Call me princess. <laughs> I, love, I love it. As you said, me and your voice dropped like eight octaves. Call me princess. <laughs> yes. So please do. And also, of course, a special thanks to JV for those awesome spoiler alerts. They really make our day worthwhile. And to Kevin Spencer for the show art. Even though it's been a while since he created something original for us and we don't take that personally, Kevin, <laughs> we still use it and use it. We forever shall. So thank you to everyone. Thank you to all you fine folks out there. Jason, do you have any final words? Yeah, I've pretty much decided I'm going to start wearing uh, PE coach gym shorts from now on. So take that. Do you like it? Sure. Good. Because for the next two months, you're going to toughen your mind and your body. It's going to make your Olympic training look like finger painting.